As the world is writing a new story of global kinship, Postmodern Missionary dives into what it means to be a missionary pushing against the heritage of colonialism. Join Reverend Katie Meek as she explores life and faith in Sierra Leone. Hello to you all. Welcome back. This week, we are going to be listening to the second part of my conversation with Dr. Joe Moiba. I know you're going to enjoy it. That's all I have to say. It's going to be great. Love to you all. Okay, so I have I want to talk about your run for the presidency, and I want to talk a little bit about the way that you teach students here, um, because I find it very compelling. Um, I I, w- I wasn't sure what I was going to find here um, uh, in terms of uh, theological education, um, because I knew something of of the the other side right. of what you see a lot here right. in terms of bad theology. Right. Um, so I've been impressed um, across the board uh, with you and with Reverend uh, Conte and, mm. and essentially all of our mm. lectures and professors yeah. um, with with the perspective that you bring mm. and all of that. So let's talk about that first oh, okay. and then we'll talk about the presidency. That would be nice. So something that I have noticed about you that I really appreciate is mm. that you um, spend a lot of time uh, in lectures and also just leadership across the board talking to our students who are going to be pastors mm. and sometimes already are about right. making sure that from the pulpit you tell the truth. Yes. We don't tell lies from the pulpit. Exactly. That's what you say a lot. Yes. So can you explain what you mean by that? <laughs> Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, to put it in simple terms, the Bible says what? The truth mm-hmm. shall set you free. Mm-hmm. If you know the truth, you follow the truth. You do not need to uh, cover up, make stories. Mm-hmm. You do not need propaganda. Mm-hmm. If, for example, there is, let's take an example. Yeah. If you have a displacement in John's Gospel, okay. if the sequence of arrival of the text, the history in John's Gospel, huh? Mm-hmm. Is different from the sequence of arrival of each of happenings in the synoptics. You should be honest enough to know that. You should be honest enough to tell people that. Right. So, so some people might be afraid and saying, "Okay, so John is different than Matthew and Mark, yes. and the way that they the the sequence of events is different." Yes. Um, rather than what some pastors do, which is to say, "No, it's not," yeah, or it's whatever. Not. Yeah, yeah. You tell you start. You know, they, they will even tell you that there's only one creation story. Right. Right. But when it's written that there's, there are two creation stories, right. and the first one, it's man was created last, and the other one, man was created first. Right. So they will tell you it's not there. But when you read it, you see it. You see, they take the thing, the texts out of context and do incisions. So because the, uh, the biblical studies is very important, theology must be the, uh, uh, it should be the, um, the way forward, mm-hmm. so that you want to see when Judas uh, sold Jesus, mm-hmm. how did he die? Did he commit suicide, or did he stand on the mountain and fell down? Because it's both in there. Both of them are there. Right. So it is now the rule of the theologian to explain why it's like that. Mm-hmm. And what we should be conscious about is that people look at things from different perspective. Mm-hmm. You understand? And then the other one is you want to know you want to tell people, you don't want to tell people that uh, there were only four Gospels. 
we all know that there were more than four gospels but if you stand in the pulpit and tell people that oh they have the bible there were only four gospels in a well informed person knows that there are more than four gospels mm-hmm. you know you even have gospel of thomas but you should be able to tell them about the canonization right why did they choose only four gospels out of many gospels right what is the idea behind that you know so that you do not need to tell lies to sell the truth mm-hmm. because if jesus is the truth i know he's the truth since jesus is the truth sharing all those textual challenges for example does not change the truth mm-hmm. because it is not those textual challenges that resurrected from the dead mm-hmm. it is not those textual challenges that gives life mm-hmm. okay so telling people sound biblical theology and sharing with them theological challenges you understand does not in any way negate the truth of jesus christ so you should not be scared you know to instead of telling them you you tell lies because the reason why i emphasize this is because i overhear some colleagues mm-hmm. saying oh we should not let people know this yeah, this is only for us as if there's some secret we are hiding right you know to, for us to make feel for, for us to feel good mm-hmm. you know and then you can also hear some people they do not study their bible properly and they'll come and make sweeping statements mm-hmm. which are not absolutely false right you know i can give, give you an example you see for example uh, somebody could say that uh, abraham abraham never told a lie if you tell somebody that in the pulpit i know you are telling you are not saying the truth right because abraham told a lie there's a whole important story <laughs> in the bible about it <laughs> <laughs> You know, so um, trying to be ascetic mm-hmm. or pietistic mm-hmm. does not in any way make right. you look better. Right. Well, yeah, and and yeah. I one one of the things that I appreciate about what you say mm-hmm. um, is that you also encourage them to say it's okay to mm-hmm. say I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Exactly. Sometimes you just don't know. Right. It is God's domain. Right. And you, in many exactly. ways, are the most educated, learned person mm-hmm. on our campus, mm-hmm. and it's and it's funny to watch the way that they that our students are like surprised and slightly uncomfortable when you say you yes. don't know yes because i've seen you say it oh yeah many times i tell them i really don't know right and that is the beginning of knowledge right to know that you don't know epistemology mm-hmm. how do we know what we know you know sometimes you just don't know even if you have 10 phds right you just don't know how jesus resurrected from the grave you just don't know how god uh, did that miracle of of uh, instead of uh, uh, where this this spermatozoa of jesus came mm-hmm. to fertilize the egg and you don't just don't know the theology how should you really interpret that except you say it's a mystery because now we have knowledge as to how human beings are formed in the womb mm-hmm. we know how it is done mm-hmm. and whichever position you take has serious theological challenges right whether it was God that formed the uh, spermatozoa to the um, egg and then fertilized it, that has a serious theological challenge. Mm. Or whether the embryo was already fertilized right. when Mary was born, that also has a serious theological. So right. as a theologian, well-informed theologian, you should be willing to say, this one is God's area. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or you know mm-hmm. the story of uh, somebody writing, Jesus walked on water. Mm. You should be able to say, I really don't know how that happened. 
that is God's area. So that humility for theologians, for thinkers, for priests, for ministers right. to say, I don't know, right. is very important right. when it comes to things like that. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate that because it, it seems to me like really post-Reformation, mm. what we have done mm. is we've we've parceled out the, every tiny piece of scripture mm. um, in such a way that, that we, and especially with modern modernity, mm. we, we want to say, well, there's a right answer and a wrong answer for exactly. everything. <laughs> and I really appreciate the, the, the freedom to say, actually, um, there's, there's problems with any theological stance that you oh, take, yes. Oh, yes. right? And, and that's okay. Like, mm. it's not something that ought to, um, that, that, that makes the whole building fall down. No, it will not. Um, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it will just continue to be like that. Right. You know, like, for example, um, another very good example I always tell people is the whole issue of um, Jesus as a carpenter. Mm-hmm. Huh? This guy was a carpenter. And we in Sierra Leone, when you say carpenter, mm-hmm. that is a low class job in Sierra Leone. Huh? But all the professors, they work for the carpenter some. They work for the carpenter. So God is teaching us a lesson that sometimes you do not have to be too, you know, arrogant, you know. You right. can't even be a professor and you work for a carpenter. Right. <laughs> you know. And then uh, the other one, the relationship between uh, Mary Magdalene and Jesus, we really yeah. don't know. Right. We can't really know some things, you know. So, so, so that's very. That's why it's very important. It's all about phenomenology, mm. you know, about our worldview. Where do we really belong? Where, what, how do we perceive things? Mm. You know, maybe what you are seeing when you see me will be completely different from what other people. Of course, that is how reality is. Right. You see, so reality sometimes could just be constructed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that is really what reality is. Mm-hmm. And so, because it could be constructed, some powerful people can influence it. Right. For example, let's take our UMC. Yeah. Huh? The leadership style of our current bishop is something I love. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to see things happening. Right. He's also a go-getter. He's a go-getter. Yeah. So it's very easy for the two of us to work. Yeah. You know, but if the, if I'm in a situation where I'm, I am, have leaders whose leadership style is to let things just be as they are and not much, you know, I would be frustrated in that system. So mm-hmm. you also have people who can, you know, personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, you have personality clashes. You have uh, personalities that that can uh, work together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But one thing I know for sure is that every good thinker, every good theologian should know that there's much they don't know mm-hmm. and should be humble enough to accept that. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so um, I, w- I want you to, because, th- see, here's my problem. We we may have to make this like a, a like um, split this in two and, and make this a little bit longer interview because I was actually my plan was just to talk with you about um, about your um, son of God uh, research and that sort of thing okay. but you have too much to say <laughs> so, <laughs> and a lot of wisdom so um, so I, I kind of want to give people the, the space to get to know some of that wisdom okay. if you're okay with it oh no problem okay that's a fine alright so um, d- will you talk a little bit about um, the struggles of scientific discovery here mm-hmm. um, and what is the place of, um, I guess I have two questions really. Yes. What is the place of, um, of scientific discovery and mindset in Sierra Leone right. and how then it does the church is meant to relate to it as well? Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, 
whenever I talk about science, I, I expect that you understand my perspective because I went to a science university. Right. Yes. You were educated in the I West. I was educated in the West yeah. in a science university. But not only that, when I did pastoral studies here, theological mm. at theological hall, mm. at the time I had very excellent lecturers, PhD holders from Cambridge and other places That's who great. influenced me. Right. Uh, so I always have I've always had that knowledge of uh, being historically critical. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, making use of the historical critical method, mm-hmm. not as a way of destroying the church, but as a way of building up those knowledge so that they can be better, right. they can be self, they can be confident right. in their faith. Yeah. Well, and, and I've I've heard you talk about being self-critical. Yes. And how important that is. That is. Yes. And I think the, theologically and academically speaking, that's mm-hmm. even more important. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because when you are that, then you have you can now step out of your faith mm-hmm. and look at your faith from outside and see how you can make it better mm-hmm. you know rather than being dogmatic or fanatic now science is many things mm-hmm. many people misunderstand science mm-hmm. but i think that every university subject must be a science subject that is my position the reason being the role of a university is to seek the truth Mm-hmm. And for us to seek the truth, we should be able to always struggle with error. And mm-hmm. even when we have taken our greatest care, struggling with error, either in theology or philosophy or psychology or sociology or mathematics or chemistry, right. we cannot be certain. Struggle with error. Error. Okay. You know, we cannot be certain that uh, the result we came with is a final. Mm-hmm. That is why we talk about uh, this the uh, uh, the paradigm Thomas Kuhn, the paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. You know, we accept knowledge as tentative until a better knowledge has come. Right. So, theological studies should be like that, mm-hmm. so that it can help us to build a theology that can wait for a better theology. Mm-hmm. If you look at the theological uh, history, hmm, you will notice that if there was in 1,000 years in Europe, people forgot Latin. As a result of that uh, forgetfulness, mm-hmm. many th- doctrines came that were characterized as what? Not tenable by the reformers. Okay. Uh-huh. So in, in one way, theology got rid of the old theologies and the reformation theology came. Mm-hmm. And the reformation theology also helped the Catholic church it's to reform itself mm-hmm. internally. Mm-hmm. And that is how theology should be. Right. It should not be like uh, if you, for example, read the Apostles' Creed or you read the Nicene Creed, when you read it the way it is written, you know that it's just that is how it is. From now until the end of time, you can't end, question it, you, you can't, can't revise you, you it, know, you, you have can't. You understand that the people that wrote these things had some context they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. So that is why I always emphasize that. The scientific study of religion, the scientific study of theology is very important so that it can help us to, if the paradigms are shifting, mm-hmm. so that we can be able to handle the shift in the paradigms. For example, you, uh, we all know very well that uh, there is this doctrine of the purgatory. Hmm? Purgatory? Yes, okay. in, the, in, the, in some churches. Yeah, purgatory. Uh, yeah, purgatory. When you die, if your soul goes for um, somewhere and then it's... Like a waiting, uh, holding, holding period. period. Yeah. And, uh, you know? So that is not in our own churches, you know, but um, there's a reason why they have it also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, studying theology critically will help us. 
For example, justification by faith. Mm -hmm. Because we study theology scientifically, the Catholic Church and the non-Catholic churches have now agreed that we are all saved by, by faith. Mm. Justification by faith, we have now agreed. And it took thousands, uh, 2,000 years yeah. before we agreed on that. Wow. You see? Uh -huh. So that is as a result of studying theology scientifically using the historical critical method. Okay? So in Sierra Leone, because of the, le the level of education of many people, mm -hmm. you find out that many people ent entering the ministry have huge challenges understanding even the language in which we do theology, right. which is Greek and Hebrew. Mm -hmm. So that when you do not capture the language, it's like kissing your wife with a veil on. Mm -hmm. And then they will set the standard in the country. Mm -hmm. So when they set those standards, it's like, Oh, you drink the water without looking under, mm -hmm. and then everybody will follow it, and uh, the thing will go. Let's just, let me give you one concrete example about what I'm saying. Okay. The word anothen. I always give this example to my students. It's a Greek word. The word anthem. Anothen. It's oh, a Greek okay. word. Okay. Anothen. Okay. It's a Greek word, mm -hmm. and it means from above or from God. Okay. It actually means born again. Ah, okay. So many people interpret born again to mean ascetic. But the word is not in any way saying that you have to be ascetic to be born again. The word is simply saying you are only saved by God. Mm. That is what born again means. And the, you are saved by God simply means atonement. Jesus on the cross. That is what it means. Nothing else. It's not about whether you should wear earrings, you should wear <laughs> lipsticks. Yeah, people interpret it. Right. Interpret it here in Sierra Leone that way. Yeah, so by aesthetic you mean someone who denies the flesh. The flesh. Right. Yes. So, so people take born again to mean you're not supposed to to, to beautify yourself. Beautify you're yourself. not supposed to do things that you enjoy. You're yes. not supposed to whatever, yes. whatever, no, whatever. No, no. You should but, not be a, hum a normal human. You right. should be abnormal. But an educated and not ignorant reading of that just essentially says that it's fr it's fr that being born again means that you're saved you're from saved God. From God. From above. From so God. there's nothing in scripture that's uh, in that particular scripture that says here's the list of things you're not supposed to do. It's not there. Right. Yes. Right. So and Education can help you see differently. See differently. Yeah. Yes. That, so that makes sense. Yes. That yeah. makes sense. Mm. So, okay, at this, um, another piece of Sierra Leone um, culture is that um, there's a certain, um, I think, distrust of modern medicine, distrust of, um, you know, modern education, that sort of thing when it comes to even people who are educated, they'll right. still go to, for example, the witch doctor or whatever and and um, try and, and, and get themselves healed. Yes. So, um, so will you tell us a little bit about that situation here and then also how you think, um, you know, what we're doing might help to combat that? Well, first of all, we should understand that modern medicine is, you know, very good. We all use it. But we should also understand that it has its limitations. Sure. Because when you look at the theory of science, mm -hmm. you know that even the medicines, the tablets, the uh, antibiotics, and all those things have side effects. Right. And sometimes the side effects could even be more dangerous than the healing process they carry on. Right. But notwithstanding, for empirical reasons, they are probably the best for now. Right. But the difference between modern medicine and African ways of looking at things mm -hmm. is that there is something we call in Africa the African sign. 
The African sign? The African sign. Okay. Which is in the underneath of things. Uh-huh. Which is very difficult for a modern medicine, yeah. to, 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 for a modern technique right. to capture. And that African sign needs to be taken seriously because it has to do with people's mentality. Mm-hmm. It might, they might not be right, mm-hmm. but the mentality affects the whole process of accepting or being healed. Mm-hmm. If, for example, you believe that this tablet will not heal you, it's an antibiotic. When they give it to you, you either don't drink it, or when you drink it, you pretend to be more sick. Right. <laughs> It has an African because, sign. Yeah, you have a mindset that mindset. it's not going to it's work. It's not going to work. Yeah. Okay, even when it works, and you can test it, you can verify it, right. you will still say it, it's not working. That's okay? interesting. A practical example, um, uh, somebody I know had pains in the knees all the time he was here. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was always sick, he was always at the hospital. But when they took the person uh, to Germany, the person was suddenly healed. There was actually nothing wrong, but when he, the person was in Sierra Leone, the person was only sick. The African sign, the well, mentality. The that's interesting. Think. Yeah. Okay? So some people also use that particular underneath of things uh-huh. to try to see how best they can handle that by creating a drama, mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. by um, using leaves. Mm-hmm. Okay, to try to say, oh, it works, you know, as a way of healing process. You know, the, the question of truth is very difficult to decipher there. Right. Because it just has to do with the mindset. Right. The way you look at things and what people will tell you from the time you grow up. Yeah. That you have enemies that yeah. are fighting you, that you have uh, witchcraft right. that is there. Okay. So it's more in the mind right. than in reality objective reality mm-hmm. that is a point that's interesting yeah. well and in some ways i'm st- I, you know i'm still wrapping my head around it we uh, you know certainly we in the west um really value education and empirical data and all of those sorts of things but we are also at the same time learning how important um the foundational myths or stories that we um that that we tell ourselves yes. are for the way that we see truth yes in fact let me tell you something mm-hmm. the, 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 the the african world for science mm-hmm. is witchcraft so the African man will look at the man who made the aeroplane mm-hmm. as a great witch. Right. The man who made the telephone as a great witch. Oh, yeah. what a powerful witch. You can even use the telephone. Huh. Huh? The man who made a bridge between, uh, who will make the bridge between Longe and uh, Freetown right. will be a witch. Right. They walk at night. They will tell you the story. That is Every society finds a way of explaining reality. Right. And witchcraft and those kind of mentalities are the easiest way to perceive reality. But at the same time, the church seems... Um, very much against that. I mean, most of the time when I talk about people, there's you know there's there's faith in Christ and then there's witchcraft and and never the twain shall meet. Except I do think that sometimes Christians still kind of use both. That is a challenge we have in the church. Mm-hmm. We we need to contextualize theology. Right. And the moment we contextualize theology, they will be able to uh, uh, 
uh, work work towards a, a society where people will not be going for bad theology, right? But sound theology. Right. Take the context in which you are working seriously, mm-hmm. and don't just dismiss. Right. You know, start from where the people are. Like you learn from the. Paul's example. Mm-hmm. He met them worshiping other gods. Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh, you people, do you know worshiping an unknown God? Mm-hmm. Do you don't know this God? I have it here. Right. This I know his name. Yes, yes I yeah. know his name. And this is where we should be starting from yeah. where the people are. Right. A good pedagogical theory. Right. From where they are to where you want them to go. Well, and see, that's the thing for me is it's like I, I do think that in some ways that the missionaries, for all the good that they did, in, in many ways uh, uh, were damaging because essentially they, they brought this paradigm that says mm-hmm. witchcraft's bad mm-hmm. even because our perspective is witchcraft yes. is something different than what their, what the African perspective is about exactly. it yes. um, and Jesus good yeah. and you have to stop that and start this yes. and not just start it but do it the way that we do it. Oh, Don't yes. do it the way you would do it. Yes. Here yes. it is. You have summarized the whole challenge. Right. That is where we are that's what we are struggling with up to now. Yeah. You know, not they did very many good things but when it comes to perception, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 they also had, some, you know, created some challenges, which we are still struggling with. Right. You know. And it's amazing to me how much of the kind of missionary, leftover missionary influence continues today and continues to be a, a challenge, as well as leftover colonial influence. I mean, it's amazing how everybody's day to day is mm-hmm. still influenced by it. No, I mean, obviously, we as human beings, we have to influence each other. Right. Right. There's no way we can live without influencing one another. Uh-huh. You understand? Uh-huh. And um, the moment you accept that, that that is how reality is, then you live a better life. Rather than fighting uh, all your life not to be influenced by a white man or a black man or a Chinese. Right. You right. could also influence the Chinese. Right. You could also influence the black man or the white man or the Norwegian or the Swedish or the American. Right. You understand? We, that is just how human beings, that's just how we are. Well, and I, but I, what I, what I think that we who are missing, who historically have been the ones in power, is that we ought to also be influenced the other way. That's there should right. be there, there should be some reciprocity. Recipro- yes, that's it. So we, we don't say we and them, right? But we should say we and we, right? You know, I should be a minister, um, a missionary in in, in Norway. I should be a missionary in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I should be a missionary in Liberia or in Ghana, and we right. should also be missionary here by so doing there's something they can offer here which right. they could not offer in their country there's something I could offer in their country which I could not offer in Sierra Leone right so, so in some is, ways I mean you know the missionary endeavor yes. you were a missionary to yes, N- was, Norway yeah I was there for, for over a decade yeah as a missionary so amazing. I, even though I didn't characterize myself as missionary but I was missionary right yes right just because you didn't have the label didn't no, mean that's no. not what you were doing no, that was just what I was doing so, okay, let's nuance this a little bit mm. because we're not saying the, that everything is all right about witchcraft here as well. No. In some ways, it, it is very damaging. Yes, it's like any knowledge. Okay. Any knowledge you gather, whether scientific knowledge or religious knowledge or um, African traditional knowledge, if it's extreme and if it is fanatic, then mm. it is damaging. So you should be in a position to evaluate yourself and to be self-critical and understand that your knowledge could be tentative Mm -hmm. and it could change Mm -hmm. with time. It's about, for example, a good example is about sexuality. 
the way we perceive sexuality 100 years ago is completely different from the way we should perceive sexuality now. But are we prepared, ontologically speaking, mm -hmm. epistemologically speaking, to accept reality, mm -hmm. to accept research? That is where the challenge is. It's interesting. Yeah. And and to be open-minded, not not in such a way that you throw out everything that everything came before. Oh yeah. But but place it in the context in of the today. Context. That is it. Contextual theology. I wish I would be a dean of a theological school sometime. Mm. I will introduce contextual theology yeah. or eventually intercontextual theology. That's interesting. You know, and for me, the languages are very central mm -hmm. for you to contextualize theology. Mm -hmm. You see. Because language, I mean, we said it already, you yes. live a different life in a different language. Exactly. And so once you understand, you know, I, my, I understand a lot more mm. about Sierra Leone now mm. that I know some Creole. Of course. And we could even, I mean, I have some theories yes. about the culture here because of my learning of oh, Creole. Yes. yes, you are no longer Katie who came here some about a year ago. Uh -huh. You are now an inter, um, inter, Inter transnational human being. Right. Because you have inputs that you didn't have when right. you came. And I think differently in Creole than I do in then, English. I yes. think different, you know, you in, think differently in Spanish than yes. you do in English. Yes. You it's can see that when the Bible was translated. Mm -hmm. That is why we always have different translations according to the aim of the translator. Right. You know, so. Makes me want to learn the languages. I know a little Greek, but I don't know Hebrew. Just sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so but so I've also heard you say just just to kind of round it out a bit. Mm. Um, you were talking about um, our understanding of what's going on in our bodies. One time, I think during chapel or yeah. something. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you told the story of yourself. You had a dream mm. one night um, that there was something happening with your ear. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't an educated person and you would think, oh, the gods are telling me something or something, something, something. <laughs> but, but you said the next morning you woke up and you said, well, actually, I have an earache. That's the reason I had that dream. Exactly. Right? Yes. So, um, so there's a, there, there is a sense that, like, I think all knowledge is instructive and helpful. helpful yes. And there's no real reason to say, well, one of them is bad and one of them is good, necessarily. It's just about, it's just about um, uh, what's the word? Like, moving in between and discern. It's about discernment. Discernment, yes. Discernment and uh, being, uh, being, being humble to accept that you do not know everything. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you have to accept things as they are. Mm -hmm. For example, I don't know why God or why I'm a man. Mm. You know, I don't know why um, I have two eyes or a nose tree. Can you explain why? Mm -mm. Are you standing there when it happened? Or? Those things are just, they are just, they are just what they are. Right. And yeah. that's not to say that you shouldn't explore why. Uh -huh. Exactly. Like the exploration is part of the process. It's part of the process. But in the end, you are not going to know and, and understand everything. Everything, yes. And part of, part of mm. life as it is lived is that it's a mystery. Exactly. That's yeah. the point. Oh boy. Mm. So many things <laughs> to, uh, to um, process there. Okay. 
Okay, so um, let's talk about your your bid for the presidency. Uh, that's a very interesting one. Uh huh. So it was what 2012 that <laughs> yes. you that you ran um, for the SLPP. It was in 2010, 2011. Okay. Yes. Um, when I came back home from Norway, uh, but before that, while I was in Norway. Um, Norway was characterized as the best country in the world mm-hmm. by the UN, and uh, Sierra Leone was characterized as the worst country in the world. Oh man! And uh, since I came from Norway, uh, sorry, from Sierra Leone, and I was staying in Norway, mm-hmm. I always felt ashamed yeah. of that, thinking that I don't see Sierra Leone as the worst country in the world. Of course, I saw Norway was economically better. Right. But I also saw huge challenges with Norway. Right. But when it comes to those areas, they characterize access to education, mm-hmm. access to medical health, life expectancy, etc., etc. Five major areas and, and income. You mm-hmm. know, I think the researchers are probably correct. Right. Based yeah. on that criteria. Based on those criteria. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I was saying, but why can't I contribute in my only two? way mm-hmm. okay so i read matthew 25 um when i was hungry you fed me mm-hmm. when i was naked i said okay let me see if i can be the president taking into consideration that when i was a child i had promised myself three things mm-hmm. one to help my mother beyond explanation two to be a phd holder and three to be president i came back home and uh, i was motivated by my people in Bo to contest. And I decided that, okay, if I'm going to contest, then I have to go back to Norway and get, see up, uh, give up my job, mm. you know. And it happened that right at the time I was about thinking about coming home. So I came back home, I went through all the process, uh, 23 of us in the beginning wanted to be president of flag bearer for the SLPP, including Sounds like the Republican yes, <laughs> Party a couple including, years ago. Including the present um, president of Sierra Leone. Right, Madabio. Madabio. But at the end of the day, it was only 19 of us who were able to pay and go through the screening process. Okay. And um, for all 19 of us, we are given letter that we are qualified to go through the screening process, uh, to go through so that if any one of us became the flag bearer, the rest of the 18 should support him. Right, you've her. been fully vetted. Yes, all of us. Okay. Yes. And then when we went through the race, it happened that uh, Madabu won the, the election. It's a long story. I don't need to explain everything, right. all the details. We don't need to get into yes, all the political yes. details. But he won the election. And when he won the election, I gave him my support. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran the first election, and uh, he lost to the last president. Uh, yeah, that was in president. 2012, right? In 2012. The presidency, yes. the presidential elections every five years. Every five years yeah. in 2012. So when he lost to him, he went to study. He went to improve himself. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to the church. But by the time he came back to run the second time, it was now difficult for me to leave the church ah, okay. and come again into politics because you have to right. ask for permission. Right. And since it was not me that was going to contest, it was going to be difficult for the church to give the permission. Right. So I was a little bit quieter. But I still support the idea that education should be the priority. Mm-hmm. Okay? And most of the ministers you see are people I know personally. Mm-hmm. Um, You're talking about the political ministers? Yeah, the political so the, ministers. the government yes. officials. Yeah, the government officials. Yeah. Uh, 
like Minister of Health, mm-hmm. we are all in the race. I know him personally. Mm-hmm. The Minister of uh, uh, Basic and Primary uh, Secondary Education, I know him personally. Uh, I know the Minister of Agriculture personally. All of them, many mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. I know them personally. We are all in this struggle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, uh, so good. I am happy for the progress that is being made, especially in the area of education. Yeah. Because I really think that education is the most important tool to fight corruption mm-hmm. as well as to create social change mm-hmm. apart from uh, re- uh, uh, religion. Mm-hmm. You know, but then education should go with et- um, et- uh, spirituality. Is it not only uh, carnal knowledge or secular knowledge, mm-hmm. but also some spiritual uh, um, and ethical uh, knowledge is mm-hmm. important? Um, because if you are not spiritually minded, it will be difficult for you to understand why you should not steal the money right. that is meant for children. You know, when you are in charge of it, mm-hmm. you know. But some level of spirituality and ethical way of thinking. You know, that is inculcated into a human being can create the kind of change that is necessary. Yeah, I mean, I... So when I contested, I used plenty of money. I have to be honest. I think I used at least a billion leons. That's plenty of money. That's a lot of money, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of money. You say billion with a B? Yeah, billion. At least a billion leon at the time. Yeah, and that was even more at the time. And that was, yeah, that was even more at the time. You know, I... um, I, uh, I I I I had just uh, written my PhD mm-hmm. and it was it was accepted in principle, but the demand the university demanded that I publish it because okay. it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So after the Flabiara race, that was what I went to immediately. Okay. You know, so that uh, to be a Flabiara aspirant is a whole school. You have to move from chiefdom to chiefdom, from town chief to town chief, from paramount chief to paramount chief. You have to travel all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to attend meetings. You have to, you know, it's very, very busy. Right. It's almost like being a president of the country. Right. Wherever you go, you know, people want to see you. And when you are coming, they announce your name that, oh, Amanda Bio is coming today. Oh, Joe Moiba is coming today. Oh, Alva Tibo is coming today. Oh, this person is coming today. Mm-hmm. So we are always in the public eye. And of course, it. Uh, uh, it was um, at the end of the day we had this 19 days of the SLPP mm-hmm. we are all 19 of us we are interviewed one after the other wow. f- over a period over a period of 19 days wow. and my main my main point in that interview was that we should prioritize education and we should make Sierra Leone a welfare state and if I'm giving the opportunity that is what I'm going to work for mm. that Sierra Leone becomes a welfare state you know, because then that will make the people work, the civil servants will work. If you are in the Ministry of Education, education should be something that you should work for, for, for people to be educated. If you are in the health sector, you should work. So, so we, we, we set uh, targets and everybody should work towards achieving those targets. Mm. For example, this welfare, education welfare that has started. Right. For the first time in the history of Sierra Leone, children went to school 
the first day that schools reopened. And they didn't have to pay a fee. They didn't have to pay fees. Yeah, so let's let's explain that. Mm. One of one of Madabio's um the, this new president, yes. he just he he won the presidency in what April? May. Yes, April or May. Um and um and his promise mm. was that uh, free education for everyone. Across the board. So that's what you mean by a welfare state that yes. everybody gets yes. like access to yes. education. To education. So um and health. Right. Mm. Rather than having to pay for it themselves. Yes. Right? Mm. So it's a little different than I think what Americans think when we say uh, health uh, well, w- welfare state yeah. um, because no, we start somewhere right I'm actually talking about the kind of American no the Norwegian welfare uh, okay that's what I'm talking about right you're talking about where essentially all, all things are provided uh, yes they right? are provided but then you have to pay your taxes right right so, um, so this, so not only did Marabio make that promise, but then he said, "I wanted to start in September." Yes. And so we're we're recording this in early September. Just R- yesterday, they yes. started school. Started, yes. And um, there's some challenges, of course, mm-hmm. uh, because essentially the schools were overrun because mm. children actually don't have to pay for education, so they can go. Exactly. And that is where we should be going. Oh my goodness. Rather than rather than spending the money on uh, fuel. Mm-hmm. Rather than spending the money on uh, elab- uh, elaborate parties at state house to right. celebrate independence, right. rather than spending the money on uh, 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 huge foreign travels, spend the money on educating the people. On your babies. On your babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, that's basically, that's a, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And that is just, it's like when he's doing all those things, I just feel I'm the one that is doing the work because that is where we are looking at. That is what we are working for. Right. So it was no more all about power. Mm-hmm. It's not about the love of power, mm-hmm. but it was about the power of love. Yeah. You see, and that is why I'm happy. People always tell me, oh, you are looking good. And I say, I'm so happy <laughs> because just what I want in my country has started happening. Yeah. You see, so that's it. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. And we have a long way to go. Mm, but it is a long way. But we, we started can, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's I'm, where the you only have thing to I'm do. a little bit skeptical to the Chinese. Yeah. Uh, because I think that uh, they should not colonize us, and uh, we can accept uh, some uh, support, but it has to be mutual benefits. Right. You see, I'm also skeptical a little bit about uh, investors who come and. Uh, you know, they steal our diamonds and gold mm-hmm. and bauxite and rutile. Um, I am a little bit skeptical also to the fact that um, many people's names might be on the uh, payroll, but they are actually not working. Right. You know, so... There's a lot still. I'm fine looking forward to a solution in the future if I'm going to contest to be president again mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, after Malabio, obviously, I would like to have a, a manifesto where I make it categorically clear that production, Sierra Leoneans, we should be able to put our hands on the plow to produce yes. at least what we eat. Yes. So that we're able to feed ourselves. A people that cannot feed itself is, is going for doom. Mm-hmm. We can't depend on Chinese people to feed us. Mm. The moment they are angry with us, then we are finished. Mm. So that is one of the things we have to achieve in this country. Yeah. 
I feel like I heard that Wilkinson Road, which is an important road in Freetown, yes. it, it's and it's nice. It's a nice road, mm-hmm, especially comparatively. Yes. But but I think the president said it, but I'd heard it before that it's the it's the most expensive road in the world. According to the research, what they spent on them on on uh, constructing that road could have constructed several other roads. Yeah. So it's not because the road itself is all that high quality. No. It is a nice road, but because the the contracts were so bloated. That is the point. Because essentially everybody got a kickback. That is it. That's a point. And who built that road? I really don't know. Okay. I don't know who built it. I, d- I just feel like yes. it's an example of kind of outsiders coming in with... with that is it. Um, uh, with their outs- outsider money mm. and then using that in, in, in comparison with a, a relatively corrupt government. That is a problem. You know, with kickbacks here and there. Yeah. But I think that um, leadership makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You see, leadership makes a big difference. Uh, so we, uh, as a people, we have to decide whether we are going to remain uh, colonized or whether we are going to be independent. Mm-hmm. And uh, that demands a leader that motivates them, the Israeli unions, to start to produce. Feel yourself. Right. You know, write books. Right. I was telling a friend of mine that uh, people are probably using a very old book in uh, government. There's a subject called government that we read when we were going to school. Mm-hmm. By now, those who have degrees in government or political science should write textbooks. You know, publish new textbooks. Right. Produce, yeah. produce, yeah. produce. It's not just to be educated, right. but you have to to produce and document what you know mm-hmm. for the future generation. Yeah, yeah. One of my guiding values in my classroom right now, I have two. Is the first one is the world needs your voice, mm-hmm. because in some ways, I think that. Um, and, and you might be able to tell me where it's where it is coming from. I have some theories of my own, but I think that there is a crisis of confidence mm-hmm, yeah. among the people in Sierra Leone yeah. um, that that they don't think that they can do it. Many people think that way. Many people think that they need somebody else to help them. Right. And it also has to do with the social construction. Mm-hmm. You are constructed to to think. For example, let me just give you an example. Mm-hmm. You are a Caucasian, right? I'm a, a Caucasian, you're a white person. Yes, Caucasian, yeah. yeah. Caucasian. <laughs> Caucasian. Uh-huh. And I'm an African, right? Right. But people will always think that you are better than me because you are white. Right. Even in my own country. Right. And they know. treat me really well. And they will treat you well. I but did. when I come, huh? Yeah. They will not treat me, they will not care. Right. You and know. you you are by far the, the more um, educated, the exactly. more you know. Yeah. Um, so in terms of and and like at the very least in terms of your resume, exactly. you ought to get more, more prestige than me. Yes. They will not. They will not give it to me just because I am right. black. And do you Maybe think not consciously, right? But not really. Many of them are not understanding that they are doing the wrong things. Do you think you that's see? to do with? Um, I know it's to do with colonization, but do mm. you think it also has to do with the the um, you know kind of hospitable con- culture of this country? Not only that, because the uh, over a period of years, the black mentality, mm-hmm. you know, has been they were enslaved and they think uh, many of them have not been liberated from that. Yeah. You know, and many of them are still thinking that, oh, you know, uh, if I, some, I hear some people saying, is it, uh, uh, the white man is very brilliant, they made the airplane. I said, no, it's not about color. Mm-hmm. It's just about technology. It doesn't have to be white man. 
<laughs> for the airplane to be right. to be there. In fact, it was a black person's children that introduced the flight. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Wright brothers in the U.S. Yeah, a UBC pastors, children. So you should know that. But now when you see the airplanes all over the world, then they associate it with white color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so uh, in many ways, what, what they see is, is, is development and all of this yeah, this stuff. And they think, yeah. well, that that, that comes yes, from the white yes, man. Yes. And it's not for us to, no. to participate in no. or... That, that's you know. the white man's witchcraft. Oh. So that's why I emphasize science. Yeah. Science. Science. Right. Yes. Right. Because you actually have, you have the brains and the knowledge and the and ability. Yes. And if, if only you would have the confidence, mm-hmm. um, then, then you would start to see that you actually have, have a lot skills. of, right. A, a lot to give, to make to things better. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So for me, in terms of what we do at the school, yes, we, yes, I teach them English, mm. which I'm not wildly qualified to do because I'm not an English teacher, mm. but I do it. Mm. Um, uh, I'm qualified in that I have a master's yeah, degree yeah, and speak yeah, English, yeah, but, yeah. um, and it's an undergraduate level, so you should be able to handle that. Right. I, I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, yes, I'm teaching them uh, about the outline of what an essay looks like and all of this stuff. But really what I'm doing is I'm, as, as I'm, um, I'm, working to improve their confidence Does it. and empower them in such a way that they recognize that not only can they do it but they need to the world needs them oh, yeah. we need them oh yeah and and certainly Sierra, Sierra Leoneans need mm. them mm. that's it that's right so basically it's about self-confidence right it's about um uh, knowing that you uh, should be a hero of your own life mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. you know you should not cast blames on other people right and the critical theory of course is important to reflect on but it's not all your problems are not as a result of colonialism mm-hmm. or as white men coming city all our monies we also have our own challenges we have to overlook right. we have to work towards uh, you know to solve right you know we do not have to overlook it we have to work uh, on solving those challenges to accept that we need to change our own reality Mm -hmm. for the better Mm -hmm. and don't point fingers at who have caused all these kind of things yes things happened in the past but we can now we are now in control we should be able to change our situation Mm -hmm. we need partnership of course we need um uh, international relations you know we need international connections contact you see but you at the end of the day Sierra Leoneans have to take responsibility to change their own destiny mm. yes just like any other country that's right yes yeah and part of the work of ministry and yes. I think the work of Christ here in this place yes. is helping them to see the mm. vision I mean it's kind of like the vision that you had of yes. yourself like mm. y- the only reason you've been able to do that is because you had vision enough oh, to yes. say I can do it I can do it um, and and had a vision of what might be mm. okay. so you decided to try and create it mm. that's it um, so anyway, it's very important work that we do. It is. It is very important. So are you going to contest again? Uh, my plan and my prayer is I'm planning to help develop the United Methodist University in the next decade. Mm-hmm. It's important. And uh, after that, uh, we now ask for to exit. Mm-hmm. And then I will contest to be president, to be flag bearer of the Sierra Leone People's Party. All right. So that I can be president of Sierra Leone. All right. Yes. Well, you heard it here, folks. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So vote I, for your moiba in 20, in the next whatever. 10 years. 
<laughs> okay, so um, I I'm trying to come up uh, for for the expats that I interview. I have like a closing thing, but it doesn't really work for for Sierra Leoneans. So um, I'm coming to I'm coming up with a question. But I think my question is right now: uh-huh. um, What do you think the rest of the world needs to know about Africa in general and Sierra Leone in particular? Two things: mm-hmm. the future of the world is in Africa. Okay. Sierra Leone in particular. Uh-huh. Sierra Leoneans are very, 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 very hospitable. Yes. It's probably one of those countries that people should come and see the mm-hmm. nature, mm-hmm. the weather. Um, you know, everybody, uh, most families build a house and they leave a room for the stranger. They do right. not know. Right. You see, they are probably one of the most hospitable people you could see in the in the African continent. But also, very good theologians. They could be. We have in in Africa, Sierra Leonean theologians had always led mm. the theological thinking. Mm, that's you know. interesting. Yes, you can see we have many. We have many good ones. Yeah. Well, even know, I mean, published. I've seen that in the uh, yeah. it, just in the classroom. Mm. The some of the things that people say, I'm like, wow, th- this is stuff that I'm that I feel like I'm just growing to understand. Yes. And the fact that they yes. are not actually yet educated yeah. yes. and have that kind of wisdom. Yes. So that is why the book Religion and Peacemaking in Sierra Leone mm-hmm. should be read by everybody coming to <laughs> by Dr. Joe Moiba by Dr. Joe Moiba <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> it is a, it is a nine chapters book uh-huh. in the beginning you have the introduction you have a special a chapter on the history of the country okay uh, including especially the history of the war uh, you have of course theoretical chapter which deals with the theories on religion and peace and religion and violence and then you have my main chapters on the council of churches the role of the the churches did uh, with regards to bringing about peace Mm -hmm. the role of the uh, ecumenism council of churches Sierra Leone uh, and religious council and the role of a Christian bishop you know Mm -hmm. the leadership you know why why is leadership important in anything you are doing Mm the uh, Bishop Pompa, who was a UMC bishop, his role he played in the, um, uh, what you call the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Right, yeah. And then, of course, I, I did uh, a chapter on the special court, the Australian special court, chapter yeah. eight. And it is that chapter that actually motivated me to do my, my master's wow. in law. I uh-huh. wanted to know more about law because okay. that chapter uh, opened my eyes to the skills you could acquire uh, when you do law, problem solving skills. And that would be useful for a president. Yeah. You know, and, and you're uh, in the middle of that program right now. Of, yes. That's you just started it. Yeah, right? I started it with University of South Wales in the UK. Wow. Yeah. That's a, all right, fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you, too. If you're okay with it, I might want to have you on again so you can talk about the... the I, I think the Son of God, Son of Man stuff son is really man, fascinating. Yes, yes, I would love to talk about the Son of Man. Okay, yes. I know you're very passionate about that side as well. That is my, inter- my interest. And maybe some of some of the other writings that you've done as well. Yes, I will do that. Okay. Uh, some, um, some writings that I would like to share. Okay. Yes, because it's, not, it's, it's one thing to produce, but it's also another thing to share. Exactly. So many people will hear about it. Some people may not have the time to read out, read it, but they could want right. to know Absolutely. What, what did you gather from yeah. your research and how can we benefit from it. And I think a podcast is a really good medium for that. Yes, thank you. Sir. So thank you so much. Thank you too. I enjoyed it. Yes, Mr. Too. <laughs> We're shaking hands now. Yes. <laughs> it's very Sierra Leonean. I like that. <laughs> 
like I say always, you can find me on all the socials at Postmodern Missionary. Um, my website, postmodernmissionary.com. You can go and subscribe um, on iTunes and Spotify and all the things. So um, I'd love to hear from you. God bless you. Have a great week, friends.